I hear him saying that as begging. The same way that I beg not to do this anymore. <laughs> nope. Sorry. But Scott just dangles that contract in my face and then puts his cigar out on my forearm every time. And so here I am. That's true. I am a, uh, I am a dictator. Alright, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Chesko. Gentlemen, I, I apologize in advance for the way I sound. Hello, Batman. I'm not Batman. <laughs> Although I do keep getting told that I sound like Batman. I don't get it. I don't know what the deal Look, is. Look, when you that. said your voice was bad, I didn't expect Batman to walk through the door. Well, it could be worse, I guess. I, I guess, yeah. Not having a voice would be worse. Or could be Superman. Look, maybe, maybe we, they were thinking you look more and more like Christian Bale now. The last, the last thing we needed was unless Brian. they mean the Dick Cheney version. <laughs> right. It's true. The last thing we, this pod needed was Brian and I doing back to back episodes. <laughs> That's true. So I listened to what you guys did, and I, I at first I was surprised you did an episode. I, I forgot that you were doing it. So when I saw an episode of our podcast, surprise, our, surprise. In our feet, I was like, whoa, okay. So then I listened, and he started talking about Manchester United, and my first thought was, oh, no, this is going to be boring. But by the end, I thought you guys were really good. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Once again, I tender my resignation <laughs> for this podcast. But actually, there was something. How dare you? This podcast is going to be kind of a, almost kind of a part two to what you guys did last week. Okay. Because your coverage of value picks at each position, if you're going to play your wild card. I feel like card, we did pretty good. You guys did great with yeah, that. Yeah, well, thanks. Yeah, there's a couple guys you forgot. Okay. So this is going to be like Scott's addendum with your feedback to what you did last week. What, what Scott wished he could have said when he was here, but he wasn't here, so he didn't say anything. Terrible title, but I like where you're going. <laughs> it's a working title. Okay. It, it's okay. All right. But there's one thing we need to do. Before we get into anything that's fantasy relevant. All right. I need to have a conversation with you, Dave. All right. Well, I knew this was coming. We need to have it out. Brian knew this was coming. This is going to be the least fantasy part of our podcast. Brother I'll Matt be, knew this was coming. I'll be sitting over on the couch. First of all, Brian, I'm disappointed in you. Why? Because you didn't do enough to defend my boy, Mo Salah, <clears throat> in last week's podcast. Well, Maybe because he agreed look, a little bit. Well, no, listen. I, I, my very clear statement... You heard me say it, and I said it literally this way. I don't care. <laughs> no, that so, that I thought that the I my final feeling was that the Newcastle, the play at Newcastle was, was egregious. Sure, I understand the others. I I get right. I get the Arsenal call. I don't love it, but I get it. And I said it was fifty fifty. I just you don't said like you it. wish he was dead. Yes. <laughs> You I said did not you say wish that. that he would. You wish that he. Not say that. You said you wish that he would receive some sort of Middle Eastern punishment. Is exactly I how you described it. I don't. You are no. Thankfully, we can go back and listen. That's true. I do not wish. I didn't hear any I, part. I'm not of that sure. I wish that on him. Yeah. I might have thought it, but Brian, you can't read my thoughts. But Dave, I'm going to just flat out tell you that you were wrong. Okay. Good. Mo Salah is not a diver. He's a flopper. But go ahead. He's not. King dive. There is a difference. Flop a lot. Sir flop a lot. There is a you know it's I funny. knight you, Sir Flop a lot. You know it's funny, just over a little over a year ago, you referred to him as Rhino Foot. 
And you are absolutely wrong about that. You're wrong about this. Well, wait again. a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You even stop. You have even said, and this is not worth even me bringing up, but at this point, I'm going to. Early on, his touch was very not touchy. You said he had the foot of a rhino. He did. I never agreed with you. All right. All right. And it did get better as the season went along. But still, you're wrong on this, too. There's, there's a difference. There's two things I want to clarify here. There is a difference between someone who goes down without contact right? and someone who receives contact and goes down to get a call. Okay. There is a difference between those two things. Now, do I want to live in a world where the Premier League requires players to go down to get a foul? No. But unfortunately, that's the world we live in. There's a lot of things I'd change about this world if I could. If I was king for a day, that's one of them. Well, if you were Sir Flopalot, or maybe I have the position where I could. You might. Well, Mo Salah's not that position either. Here's the thing: Mo Salah takes a lot of contact. Whether it's great or small, he takes contact. He is fouled, and unfortunately, if he doesn't go down, he's not going to get the call as often as he does. He has to go down to get the call. That's the world that we live in. Is it make him a flopper? Absolutely not. He's not flopping. He's getting hit. He's getting kicked. He's getting stepped on. And Vincent Company, when it comes to Vincent Company, he nearly is getting legs lost. Thankfully, he didn't. He did jump over that one. In a segment we like to call, Mo Salah is definitely a flopper. (laughs) Or is he? (laughs) Scott, like like we didn't think Brian wouldn't find a way to straddle that fence. I didn't want to do it while he was going, but this segment needs sure. a title. Sure. Continue, Scott. There's a difference between those two things. Because he takes contact, he's not a flopper. Okay. Absolutely not. Well, okay. I'm, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. So, and, and I would agree, look, look, sometimes there is contact. But, Scott, I can contact the tail of your shirt, and you uh-huh. might not feel it. But yet, if you thought I did it, and you just went down. Sure. Technically, there's contact. I don't like hypotheticals. We're not talking feathery about... Feathery contact. Feathery... This is what bothers me. And points you're, are like, points, and I, contact is contact, I babe. hate that I do agree with you in this, that if you, if you don't go down, you're never going to get the foul. I do agree with you on that. So the onus also then comes on to the uh, referees, right? But... And what you want is contact and then referees to have to interpret what's good contact versus what's not good contact? This is what I want. I want the same call at midfield. I want the same call, that same call to be called in the box. I want the same call to be happen if a guy's on a yellow. If he does something that deserves a yellow, then he gets a red and he's off. He doesn't get, he doesn't get favoritism because he's on a card in, at, in the 30th minute of the game. Okay, that's what I want. Sure, I want. I want if if Socrates barely brushes by Salah's back. You know, I'm, ironically, when Allison kicks a ball to Salah and he's doing post up play, all of a sudden a feathery touch doesn't knock him over, Scott. Why? Because he's posting up like a basketball player. This is not a basketball podcast. No, but there's all a of lot a sudden of he is strong, and now he is. Oh, I want to be strong. So when I want to be strong, I am allowing contact. But when I want to, oh. Someone touched me. And then you go down to get the penalty. 
That is bull. <laughs> that is my opinion, and we can respectfully disagree on that. But that's my problem, and that's one thing that I loved about Company, and we don't have to rehash this, but when Company slid in, yes, if he hit Sala's legs, holy crap, he breaks things, okay? Mm -hmm. So I don't have an issue with the yellow, mm -hmm. right? But Sala, jump over it. He did jump over it. He, he missed it. Okay, I respect that. But what I don't respect is him grabbing his ankle like he was clipped or hit. And 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 that's like, just jump over it and then get, get up and be mad at company for coming in at you like that. Like, I respect that. Sure. Don't take the opposite side of that. Because if you do that, company doesn't get up and call you a puss, that's right? Sure. sure. But company at that point is like, oh, okay, might have come in a little hard. But Sala gets up and acts like company hit him when he didn't. So sure. company gets up and he calls him a... a pussy willow and, <laughs> and 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 you know like yeah. and honestly in that situation was but sala sala had control of that situation right because he could have caught up and said no you're not going to come in on me like that today and go chest to chest with him sure and, and then and then, then all of get, a sudden then you get virgil then you get oh, coming virgil in. comes flying in yep. and decks him and no and, no no and no, decking, I, no decking you I just get in his face I'm actually on sala's side then sure but i was on the complete opposite side Sure, I hear that. But when it comes to the penalties that he drew over these festive fixtures, I mean, he received contact, went down, got the call. I don't love that that has to happen. But you know what Mo Salah's job is? Mo Salah's job is to help his team win. There's no moral victory. This is a win and loss and draw league. His job is to help his club get the maximum number of points that he can. And there's no moral victories in this. I agree. He's got to do that. what he's got to do. And if referees are saying, you've got to go down, and that's what they are saying with their actions, with their whistles. They're saying, you know what? If you really want the call, you got to go down. Then Mo Salah's going to go down, and I'm going to respect that decision because that's literally what his livelihood, his paycheck depends on. There are no bonuses for moral victories. There's no bonuses for being tough and, and staying on your feet through a tackle, through a foul. No, your job is to make the referee have to make the decision. And that's what Mo Salah does. And so, I, you know what? I'm on record as saying Mo Salah is not a diver. Is he doing everything he can to get the calls? Absolutely. Would I ideally love it if he didn't have to do that? Yes. But unfortunately, Anthony Taylor is requiring him to do that. And so that's what he's going to do, and I fully support that. There are no moral victories for toughness. And I hate, I hate this whole English style of play because unfortunately Vincent Company is kind of rare in City in that regard. Fernandinho is maybe the only other guy who's going to play in that same way on City. You got one or two guys, center backs holding midfielders who are here, they're going to be more physical in the way that they play. But you know what? We saw in that City Liverpool match, it was tactical. It was flowing. It was beautiful passes. It was opportunities for offense. It was everything we want football to be. You know what it wasn't? It wasn't Brighton and Newcastle. It wasn't Shane Duffy grabbing in the box. It wasn't Jamal Lascelles sliding in nearly kill, killing somebody with his studs. I'm making that up. I don't know when Lascelles last did that, but I feel like he could do that. It's, this is the you kind mean of John thing. Joe Shelby. Well, that's true. He has murderous potential. It's all over his head and face. It's mostly the boldness, but what I digress. I don't want Brighton and Newcastle on my screen. I want City Liverpool. I totally get what you're saying. My, I would uh, say this to that. It doesn't have to be either or. 
Look at look at the the United team with Ferdinand and Vidic, and their great midfield and and forgive me for not remembering their entire team, right? Sure, yeah. But like, you you can have both. You you can have Virgil back there, on set pieces, being the enforcer, and and have Wijnaldum playing like a, a stud, and then have the finesse and play of Salah and such. It's just again, I just want. But the same guy, the about, same guy who's going to play tough when it's convenient for him, and the same guy who's going to collapse like a, when a, when a feather touches him when it's convenient for him. That's not consistency. That is convenience. That's not consistency. I want consistency, not convenience. I didn't want to agree with anything that you said before this conversation began, but I do agree with that. I, I do absolutely agree with that. I think the consistency is key. I would have loved it if Mo Salah. I don't want punches. I don't want car. I don't want anything. That I would have loved it if he would have jumped over him, dove, took a roll, got up, angry, went chest to chest with him, and then exactly. you're not going to do that to me today. You're not going to get a card for that. I but would, you're also going to send a message. That's right. That's and, exactly I, right. and I would have loved that. I'm unfortunately I'm with you. That's and good. as we close. <laughs> This chapter of Brian's the Fantasy to, to Soccer that. podcast segment on Mo Salah is definitely a flopper, or is he? <laughs> I, I would like just, the way that's worded. I would just like to say, I think the dead giveaway is that when he's flopping, he winks. <laughs> is that right? You zoom in, if, he gives a wink. you zoom in or the other worst one, the one I hate worse than anything you said, Dave, is when he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa! And he falls. You're mistaking Mo Salah Comically when someone slides toward him. No, that's Harry Kane's voice. (laughs) And then he falls down. Sir Harris. All right, before we get to the fantasy, before we get to the fantasy portion now of this podcast, we need to hear a word from this week's sponsor. Yay! Hi, I'm Troy Deeney forward for the hornets Troy, what happened to your voice everyone knows i'm pretty outspoken on a lot of subjects most people don't know that one of those subjects happens to be birds Whoa. that's why i'm proud to support the cassiobury park local nature reserve close to the bustling center of watford wow this wildlife haven is home to different birds across all four seasons it doesn't matter that it's winter come look at the gray heron kingfisher Little egret, siskin birds that call Cassiobury Park home during the winter. Want to wait till spring? You'll enjoy the common frog, lesser spotted woodpecker, missile thrush, and song thrush that reside there. There's no entry fee, and the park is open at all times. Come to the Cassiobury Park Local Nature Reserve today. Wow, I had no idea Troy was that involved with nature. Yeah, everybody loves a bird man. <laughs> And now it's time to <laughs> recap the entire festive oh fixture gosh. period with something that I put together in preparation for this podcast. It's yeah. also published on our website, fantasysoccerfc.com. Uh, once you're there, go to the blog page and you'll see a post from last week where I put together a dream team for the mm. scores of all four game weeks combined during okay. the festive fixture period. Well, that's, that's impressive. That. Yeah, I like that. What I'd like to do now is go through the 11, because I think what you'll find is some interesting things of note that we need to discuss. I'm going to start at the back and work my way to the front. Either of you guys have a guess as to which goalkeeper over the four weeks combined scored the most fantasy points. Mm, Was it uh, Martin Dubrovka? Dave, you just looked, didn't you? Was it 
Aaron Gunn? It's not Aaron, is it? Is it Aaron Gunn, the guy from Breaking Bad? <laughs> no, that's, that's Aaron Paul. Paul. Yeah. There's no Aaron Gunn in the league. Is it Angus Gunn? Angus Gunn? He had one good week. He had one good week. No, sirs. You're both wrong. It was Neil Etheridge of Cardiff. Of course it was. It was the penalty stops. The penalty save machine. But this guy's name keeps coming up. Yes, he has a lot of small weeks in points because of the fact that he's Cardiff's goalkeeper. But he's got a ton of double-digit weeks. Yeah, it's weird. I think Brian and I discussed last pod that that what he, all, almost all of his points result uh, come from five weeks, four to five weeks or something like that. Yeah. Well, he had 27. But, 27. But, but you know what, Scott? Points are points. Are points. Exactly and right. therefore, he's second overall. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well, the hardest thing it would have been a lot like having uh oh I don't know it was kind of like those uh, Nathan Redman numbers uh, for in midfield from weeks one to like eighteen when uh, Neil Etheridge went weeks five through fifteen with nothing more than a three even a zero in there a few ones mm. and then all of a sudden an eight and then a few weeks later a ten and then he follows that up with a fifteen yeah I think there's I think those moments are the moments that you just just sit there and stare either at your bench or you just marvel at your genius for for playing him in those matches. But I'm still I'm still not adding him. I don't know. He's not a bad backup option. No, he's not. It, honestly, he's really not. He's a four point six. I'm yeah. honestly surprised on points to see Keppa so high. Agree. Chelsea, but we're not Greece. here. To, but we're not here to talk about Kepa. We're not. He didn't make the no, dream we're team. Not. He did not. Our dream team has a back three, highest scoring defender, Ricardo Pereira. Yeah, man, that guy. Lester th- Scott, you or Brian, you've been waiting for that guy. No, he threw himself back on the radar real fast. Yeah, you've been waiting for him. You know, well, I championed I, I, him listen, at the beginning. And you then love I, him. You have a I heart Ricardo Pereira. Well, I, cool, I cooled on him whenever they were kind of moving him around a little bit. Now, I mean, he is he, he because he's playing advanced more. Like he has the capability and the and seems to be selected to be able to play in an advanced position. Where my my whole issue was if you were going to have either or with Lester with Lester backs that Ben Chilwell was my guy. I switched to Ben Showell for the for a while there, and then I cooled on him too. But I never got back onto Pereira, and that was a mistake. Ironically, in that stretch, Leicester had what a win against Chelsea, a win against City, and I, I felt like Leicester crushed that that section. Yeah, they did great. So and he and he, I mean, like anyone would have put put him even in the team against Manchester City. Sure. No well, way. they had some of the most points of any club in that festive period. Yeah. I mean, they had a great period there, Yeah, in part because they had great matches against Chelsea and City. Ricardo, a big part of that, with his 30 fantasy points. Yeah. The next defender on our list, Dave, you're going to love this, Dejan Lovren. Your guy, Dave. Six points, largely because of a goal he scored during one of the matches. I brought him back into my team only to have him get injured in the FA Cup match. That's true. Um, so we'll see though. I'm 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 okay if I have to wait a couple of weeks with him on the bench. That's not a problem. But yeah, like you're I, gonna hold him. Yeah, I am. I your I, your recommendation is to hold Lovren if you have him and so not swap him. I'm not gonna swap him yet. The second Gomez is available, I'm going to go to Gomez because it seems like Gomez will play 
once Gomez plays, once he's available and he plays, which is around the beginning of February, I think. Maybe it's January 19th. I don't remember. But bottom line is, whenever that happens, yes, I want part of Gomez. He seems to have priority over Trent Alexander-Arnold and Lovren. Third and final defender, also on Liverpool, Virgil with 24. Virgil's been good. That's true. And it's uh, probably the one time this entire season he's had a run of matches where he's outperformed Andy Robertson. Yep, that's true. Moving to the midfield, we've got four midfielders in our dream team. The highest scoring midfielders, also the highest scoring among all players over the festive period. And that was Son from Spurs with 52 points. That dude, that dude lit up and he just, he just grew into a larger and larger ball of fire. It, it is so, such a shame that this momentum that he had is getting killed by him going to the Asian Isn't this Cup. every time, though? Every time he seems to get into form, like the peak of his form, he's got something else to do for South Korea. Yeah. yeah. Every time, it seems. Retire from the national team, bud. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's allowed. The next highest scoring midfielder. Well, yeah, that's right. They cut him some slack <laughs> on military service. You didn't like that Dave and I covered the uh, the Asian Cup a little bit with uh, Matthew Ryan? I did like that. And David Button. And I think It was this- just the right amount of Asian Cup coverage. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what we were shooting for. Second highest scoring midfielder, Paul Pogba, a man you did discuss a lot last week with 49 overall points. I'm curious to know. That's why I was, that was one of the guys I was curious to know without Scott here. If, if Scott, you consider Pogba to be a, a must own or a, a very, like where on the importance level of purchase Paul Pogba is for you right now? My answer is with my actions. I have already played my wild card. And Paul Pogba was a part of it. Okay. Third midfielder, Mo Salah, of course. 38 points, only a handful of which come from dives. <laughs> Just kidding, Dave. That's Let's true. See. Let's see. It's at least. How many points did he have? 38? He had 38 points. 38. Let's see. The dive, two dives, five points at 10. It's at least almost a quarter of his points That's came not from true. dives. That's such crap. <laughs> That's, That's such bad. True at all. That's bad, fast math. Yeah, you have no. You maybe are responsible for bringing points per pound and actual team value as original stats to this podcast, but don't do your real, real creative math. Hey, right wait now. a minute. Um, he got five points per goal, two two flops. No, listen. Can I say You're, we we're arguing on the two flops? Listen, right, I right, I right. gave it to you guys before the the before we started here just about Salah's rotation. I know that might be an issue. Or there might what rotation? Be, well, just some question about it. I'm sure that's a concern for people. I just wanted to say... No, not for me. Not for you. And there have I know, been two and, matches and, per week for Liverpool on multiple occasions. And he's played both. And he has every played time. the important matches. And part of what's included in the term important matches is anything that's to do with the Premier League. Yep. No, and I just I just wanted to say that last season, just that this that there was not... There might have even been a fear of that risk with the Champions League and other cup matches and things for Liverpool last season it did not affect him at all he missed two matches because of injury he played less than 60 minutes only three times all season last season and one of those you might remember uh when he scored his brace off the bench against uh Stoke so that was one of those you know even in a match like that uh you know where he only played 23 minutes he still finished as one of the highest scorers that week so uh, we know what he's capable of. I'm just saying, almost the entire season, he played what you would say is a, a minimally acceptable number of minutes for your fantasy team, and I don't see how that changes this season. He's fixture-proof. He, I think he's rotation-proof. 
as far as the Premier League. I mean, this is a Premier League robust season for Liverpool. The <clears throat> FA Cup match earlier this week against Wolves proved that. And as a Liverpool fan, I am perfectly fine with that. Ask me how many minutes of that FA Cup match I watched. Scott, how many minutes did you watch? Zero. If there could be such thing as a negative, I would have done that too. Mm. Doesn't matter. This is a Premier League or bust season. Last year was Champions League or bust, and it got close. We got close. This is a Premier League or bust season. I honestly would sacrifice Champions League, which is the only remaining competition Liverpool's in, if it meant getting the Premier League title. And if that means more Mo Salah in the Premier League matches, I'm all for it. He is rotation-proof in my lineup. I will not hesitate to not only put him in my lineup, but he will be my default captain pick for the rest of the season. Is he? Is he your your? Is he on your team? Oh, yes. Yeah, he was part of my wild card. Okay. Team. If right. um, the, I mean, I do wonder in the last oh nine matches or so, they play Fulham, Southampton, Cardiff, Huddersfield, and Newcastle. Mm-hmm. All of those clubs between March sixteenth and May fourth. I wonder. I just wonder if there isn't if there is going to be rest. I just wonder. This that's like the, that's the lead of, in to the end of the I season. I know it's one of the weakest runs of their season. And but I that's know where they've the got this season. They can't drop hard. points in those matches. Right. He's gonna play. I, know. I mean, this is this is like I'm like I'm hundred percent convinced he's gonna play. In those okay. Matches. Final midfielder Christian Eriksen with twenty nine points. Dave, your actual guy, my actual guy. I can't I believe like, you, do you like own he's him. Been, yeah, he's been a little differential for me for a while. Yeah, that's true. So, um, if, hey, if I can get away with that, I like it. Uh, if he's picking up, then yeah, I, I, this, this is getting. We said it a few weeks ago that I think there's a lot of different ways, especially if you are still yet to wild card, which plenty of people are. There's a lot of different ways to construct your midfield, especially. You and these, guys, these players are perfect examples of why. You guys mentioned the fear of missing out on that guy. Yeah. There are so many top six stars that are all in decent form at different times of the season so far that you're exactly right. You're not going to be able to play the lottery, meaning you're just going to guess based on fixture who's going to score the points from week to week. You're not going to get that right all season long. There's just no way. You're going to miss out, and it's going to hurt sometimes. And this, the person who wins leagues is going to be the guy who, who does that the best throughout the rest of the season. For me, with my wild card right now, I went to Salah and Aubameyang as my anchors up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Pogba, you know, obviously up there too. You know, I might have that wrong. It could be Hazard and Kane. It could be Sterling and Rashford. I, I mean, it could be whatever combination is out there for these top six clubs. You're exactly right. That's like we talked in the start of the season about how the 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 thread throughout the first half was Mo Salah. Do you own him or not? Harry Kane, do you own him or not because of their prices? In this second half, it's all about which stars do you own? And that's going to determine who wins and who doesn't. And honestly, it's set up to be a lot of fun. And who you captain? That's exactly right. Yeah. All right, let's talk about those front line options. There are three forwards in our dream team. Highest scoring forward during the festive fixtures. Harry Kane with 39 points. Sir Harris. And he's got some fixtures upcoming that you definitely like. And I think... Juicy. Uh, I think, as uh, as you can see, 
by taking a quick look at the rest of the season fixtures. They're playing uh, Chelsea and Arsenal back-to-back in February, end of February, beginning of March. Other than that, you like the arrangement of the fixtures, and it doesn't matter anyway because it's Harry Kane. That's right. That's the bottom uh, line. Hey, one last real quick question. Go ahead and say the next guy's name, and then I have a question. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 32 is, points. Is there any... Would you consider it a viable strategy whatsoever to have Kane and Aubameyang? It seems like having two, both of the top premium strikers is not a strategy that many people would go with. Is that in itself worth considering? I think you'd have to sacrifice a premium midfielder. Yes, you do have to sacrifice. No Salah. No Sterling. Yes. No Hazard. Definitely not. That is One of those people has got to be gone. I mean, the midfield is filled with options at all price points, obviously. All the way down to Ryan Frazier. It's yeah. six-ish, whatever so, pounds. But I don't think you can do that. Well, I, okay. I, I want to address this. Off the top of my head, it seems like the midfielders, typically on average, score a little bit more than forwards. Uh, well, goals count more for them. Well, they do. Aubameyang has 132 at this point. Kane, 130. Salah, 151. But then there's Hazard and Sterling in second and third place with 139 and 127. It just so, makes more sense to so put both, your premium in the midfield. So both okay. of those... Players, in other words, technically, if you went, I'd have to do a points per pound analysis if only I had that in front of me right now. Right. Which I don't. It just seems like. We need to trademark points per pound, by the oh, way. Man. And, hey. and actual team value. And or just get, or just get the We're Premier innovators. League. We're innovators here. Or just here. get the Premier League to cover actual team value. That's true. Or just not cut in half what you yes, get in terms of Yes, just give me the, and then I don't have to worry about that. But uh, here's a question. So, Brian, you raised an interesting question. I have a, ret- a, re- a question to return to you. Yeah. And then, Dave, I want to hear your answer on this. Would you rather have two premium forwards or two premium midfielders if you had to choose? Um, I think most people probably have one at each. But would you rather yeah, have I would, two? I would rather have two. I would, if I had to choose, if that was the, the, the one, or, one or other option, I would rather have two premium midfielders. Dave? Interesting at the moment. I actually have two premium defenders. <laughs> okay. I know that's barely sounds, a thing. And barely answers the question. Yeah, um, only well, the so word both is consistent. Here, here's my issue at the moment, and it will be morphing over the next couple of weeks, but I'm done with I'm done with taking negatives every week. Okay. And to give new listeners to our podcast context, we have talked about how the value so far in FPL has largely been in defense right. in the first half of the season. That's right. To support your initial comment, that makes sense because that's where the value has been. But do you still think that's the case? I think that the the ability I, – I think my guess is when I look at the points and then I look at the, the, the prices, yes, technically points for pound is still value in the defense. But who's scoring more huh. points regardless of the price – is in the midfield and in the striker area. And yes, if I could have, like, my midfield right now is Erickson, Snodgrass, Brooks, and then Hazard and Pogba. And then my strikers are Kane, Rashford, and Jimenez. I would That's like good. to turn Snodgrass into, I would like to do some shuffle and turn Snodgrass into a Salah or Sterling. And somehow still keep Rashford, and I don't know if I can do that. If uh, I could well, do that, it math. would be maybe with your math. But until the Premier League website does real math for you, technically, I've done it and I've screenshotted it before I actually hit 
I, you well, know, do it, man. Except, well, no, because it, it moves. Would be, it, I, I would either have to use my wild card or it'd be like a negative twenty. I, why I, wouldn't you do? Oh, negative twenty. I think okay. that the. I think to answer the question ultimately here, I think no matter how many premium people I have at any position, if I don't have, especially Obama Yang, I think Arsenal's, for example, Arsenal's schedule, basically from the end of January on is going to scare the crap out of me. I think Arsenal's schedule is as good as you could hope for for the rest of the season. I think that the premium guys, you know, you just say like we said kind of at the beginning of the season, Chelsea has a nicely balanced schedule, so they don't really play tough matches back to back. But the way that their easy matches have been spread out, the ones that you would say are the definite, like they should, this is a shoe in for them. They don't have as many as Arsenal does uh, the rest of the season. Spurs kind of have that a little bit. Liverpool definitely has that. And City's schedule the rest of the way is really nice too. So I feel like, I, I, in a way, I don't know that there's a way to pick wrong. I, I just, don't know. I, I take, I, I'm just thinking in terms of strategy. I don't know how many people are going to even think of having Kane and Aubameyang who are who are going to run away with the forward scoring. I feel like I need to put a, a verbal asterisk on everything you just said, though. Because okay. we're 21 game put weeks in. Put an asterisk in, on it then, Scott. I, I'm going to. <laughs> we're 21 game weeks into the season, which means that everybody has played everybody once, mm-hmm. and now we're starting through the second time, and we're only two matches into that second round through the, through the league. So, like, City and Liverpool, they're not going to play each other anymore. Right. Which is good... For owners of City and Liverpool players, yeah, you know Tottenham and United are going to play this coming weekend, so that's a top six matchup that's off the books after this right. coming game week. But like, we're really facing a period of time where just about every club is playing just about every other club still for the sure. rest of the season. So I take all of the long-term schedule comments with kind of a grain of salt because that's the case. Yeah. It's just a matter where those fixtures land. So to your point about Chelsea having a nice spread throughout the rest of the season, that matters to me. Mm-hmm. That makes it easier to own Hazard. Yeah. Makes it easier to own you know, it's David Luiz. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say Marcus Alonso anymore because I don't think he's an option. But but maybe a David Luiz. Right. Uh, or a Kepa if you really want to go there. Certainly not Alvaro Morata. It doesn't nope. matter. He's gone anyway probably this month anyway. We'll see. Sure. But I want to put that in there because everybody is going to play everybody else except for the two clubs they've played in 20, uh, what, 20 and 21. Right. No, I agree. I'm just saying, I just, I'm, I'm just, you know, and I also, I wish we had time to talk about it. I wish we could talk about what the fixtures actually look like and not just whether it's green or gray or, or maroon or whatever color coding the That's FPL outdated has thrown by it. now, right? I mean, well, I think they've updated it. Because oh, it's okay. way more gray for certain teams than it was, I feel like before. <laughs> so they're 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 pulling a Brian in a lot more places. Well, yes, very. <laughs> yes, they they've taken my advice and they're thank you sitting, for agreeing. They're with sitting that, the fence. Oh, this is a very middle of the road matchup for these teams. <laughs> it could go either way. Uh, no, I wish they would split. I wish when you clicked on the information, I wish it would split down the middle on the fixtures and show offensively. Or defensively, like, is this a plus or a minus matchup for your offensive players compared to your defensive players and your and your goalkeeper? Well, I, feel I guess like that would. I, I feel like that what, that would be helpful. I guess that's what our podcast is for. Then. All right, fine. Let's do that. All right, let's do it. There is one more player to discuss in our dream team, and I'll be honest with you, he was a bit of a surprise to me. I think he's flown under the radar a little bit, even though he does stand out when you watch him play. 
Marcus Rashford, 31 points. On my team. Saved my week last week. That's On sure. my team. He's the he single handedly kept me alive in the FPL Cup. Yes, he did. Brian, by I'm the still way, still going in the FPL. Yes, Cup. you are. Congrats to you. I'm not. I'm gonna lose. I this. I'm gonna to, lose this week though. to week two. Uh, but man, I love that you say that every week to ensure that you win. <laughs> I'm gonna lose this week. Reverse yeah, psychology. You, too, you a, probably are to a pure uh, to a dead team. Probably Liverpool, Liverpudlian. You're, you're <laughs> Liverpudlian. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the next thing. All right, but, so but Marcus Rashford's important, and I own him, and Dave, you own him, and yes, he's I do. very good. Do you good. own him, Scott? You wildcarded. I, I don't yet. Yeah. No. And this is a perfect segue because his his manager now is talk has only talked about how important he is to what they are trying to accomplish. That's playing right. To, playing to Marcus's strengths. That's right, which you mentioned last week. Now. We happen. I happen to know that we've got some new listeners to our podcast, oh. which means we have listeners who don't know what my voice actually sounds like. Mm. But I digress. Brian, wait a minute, stop. We have <laughs> listeners that have just heard Brian and I, and they they want to listen for a second time. I, that is back. amazing. I happen to have it in writing that that's the case. That's amazing welcome. due to the wonders of social media. Great. Now listen, Brian. Yo. We don't even need Scott, Brian. Did you hear that? No. Is <laughs> that an acceptance do. of my resignation? No. What All are right. we doing no, here? Of course not. Brian, probably the best segment. We do a number of different segments on a normal, quote, unquote, podcast. This is not a normal pod. No, but we have uh, probably one segment that stands out above the rest. Uh-huh. Not to butter you up or anything. No, I don't but think we, it has butter. We call it, we call it How to Say with Brian J. In fact, we have a whole page on our website that describes how this podcast started. Go check it out. It's called Pronunciation Guide. But this is a segment of the show that helps us understand how to properly pronounce, based on usually based on the country of origin, how to yeah. pronounce different players' names. This week, we have a two-for-one, or a one-and-a-half-for-one. What a bonus! I know. Yeah, you mentioned man. the manager of Manchester okay. United. There's also a certain liver, uh, Everton, excuse me, Everton defender that you're going to tell us how to say his name too. Yeah, because I just, are, which one are you going to start with? Because I have a story. Well, today we're going to start with the Manchester United's okay. most important new person. Can you do that one and then let me introduce the Everton defender? I mean, it's shorter. That's okay. I'm going to describe that one. Real, a little bit. It's actually really short. Okay. Fair enough. I'm going to build on that one. Okay. okay. But go ahead and start with the the caretaker manager, the guy who people are already wanting to make the permanent manager of Manchester United, even though I don't think contractually that's legal for them to do because he is obligated to go back to his Norwegian club. But anyway, who is this guy who has revolutionized against all the bottom four clubs of the table? Manchester United. I know. These are my words. Uh, are we... <laughs> We're going to do uh, how to say, you want to, how to say this person? Is there going to be music for this? I'm sure, I'm sure we'll figure out something. My first choice for music for this would be What Does the Fox Say by El- Elvis. Yes. Uh, but you know, my, you know my rule about several year old viral hits. What does the fox say? So that not one? that one. Oh. I'll listen to that privately later. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm disappointed I'd, in that. I'd prefer, my my personal preference would be uh, Norwegian electronic duo Roiksop. Uh, preferably something from their first album, Melody AM. I've always really liked the track So Easy. 
but I've already bored any new and casual listeners straight off the radio with this part of it. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, oh, no. I don't know that Let's one. go well, with... Brian's music taste is so eclectic and obscure. You've just demonstrated perfectly what I that gotta is. i got to find some Nordic... Let's go with... Brian a, has made Dave's iTunes library the craziest iTunes true, library actually. in history. It's unbelievable. Let's go with a real forever crowd pleaser, Take On Me by AHA. Dave, if you don't do this, I quit. Love that one. Well, his resignation. This oh. week's How to Say is so complicated. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> Even the man himself, when he took the Cardiff manager position told the press to say he said ollie please it's easier just call me ollie yes ollie i hear him saying that as begging the same way that i beg not to do this anymore <laughs> nope sorry but scott just dangles that contract <laughs> in my face and then puts his cigar out on my forearm every time and so here I am. It's true. I am a, uh, I am a dictator. Anyways, even his first and middle names aren't exactly straightforward, which is really annoying. Because the Norwegian O is like one easy. The Norwegian O, the letter, the shape O, is more like ooh, ooh, than it is O. Like ooh. So even the U in Gunnar. Is more like ooh, the it's even more ooh than you would than you probably would have guessed. It's and yeah, yes, you would guess correctly. It's as delicate as the difference between regular German vowels and German vowels with the umlauts. Is it, I was just saying umlauts. Yes, they come back. Yes, and so his even his first name. So Ule. Yeah. All right. Not Ole. No. Ule. Gunnar. Gunnar. Ule Gunnar. Already I've learned something. And then it's the last name that's the issue, obviously. ESPN and Reddit, of course, everybody has tried. Everyone has wanted to know this. They've both tried to simplify it. I think they did as good of a job as anybody else does. Sulshar. Sulshar. Yes. Sulshar. Ule Gunnar Sulshar. Really good, Dave. That's yeah. It's way too Scandinavian. Yeah. Okay. So you're so let's just say it exactly it's like not this. It's not Solkagard like I said last week. <laughs> it's not Solkagard. <laughs> it is not Solkagard. <laughs> Your Manchester United uh, caretaker manager who has revolutionized Manchester United's matches against the worst teams in the Premier League. That's right. Is none other than Ule Gunnar Tulshar. Take on me. Take uh-huh. me on. I'll be gone in a day or two, Shar. That's <laughs> 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 yeah, so stupid. I love it. Anyway. It's fantastic. Well done, Brian. Well that done. That is well done. Hey, I, part two here. Part two is a little bit easier because we've done French before, but I want to set this oh, up geez. a little bit because the season, when it started and he started to play, the announcers referred to him as Lucas Digna. And all of a sudden, something happened where all the managers in some smoke-filled, not managers, excuse me, when all the announcers in a smoke-filled room, I imagine, sure. got together and decided, no, we're going to change it. And what I heard a lot over the holidays was, Luca Dean. 
Dean. Luca Dean. Every time I heard that, I cringed almost as much as De Bruyne. All I wanted to know is what's right. Which is the right pronunciation? Quit banging so, Brian, tell me. Do you want to learn how to say this guy's name? Once and for all. He is spectacular at free kicks. Yeah. He's he is fantasy relevant. Oh, yes. definitely. 100%. We need to know how to say his name. This one technically doesn't need music, but you know what? Screw it, Dave. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's do a producer's choice. What do you say? Okay. All right. Producer's you pick. Choice. Michael Bolton, how can we be lovers if we can't be friends? <laughs> or Metallica and her Sandman. Your choice. How can I choose between those two? <laughs> They're so similar. Do it. All right, fine. This is plain. Lucas, in French, obviously, does not get the pronounced S. Luca. Oh. So Luca is is fine. So English announcers can get better at pronunciation. Well, they are happy to take the S off of that. Okay. It's the D-I-G-N-E. The G-N-E in the guy's last name is the same as in Champagne. So it's the oh. same as in, but so we non-French are happy to say champagne. Pop right. the bubbly. We don't say a champagne. Bottle of champagne. So then it is Dean. French folks though oh. pronounce it champagne. So they will oh. say. You know how French is. Yeah, I, of course I do. So <laughs> Dean, Dinia. It if all it, depends if on if how. If I'm gonna say champagne. Then I'm going to say Dina. Dina. Whenever you're so nasal and French about your pronunciation, yeah, you're going to say Dina. I'm always... Say that again. Dina. Dina. Luca Dina. Luca Dina. Would be the French way to say it. French you want to pronounce it. So yes, definitely. Definitely you would pronounce it. Hold your nose and go, Luca Dina. That's exactly right. Dave... Look, I'm, I'm waiting for John. I listen. I I said it's suppose how it's how French you want to be about sure. this, Dave. You want it to be Germans march on Paris French about it. So <laughs> okay. I know you do not want this to be. Dave, French why are you so hostile toward other people uh, groups in I, the world? No, geez, anyway, please, please <laughs> the point is his line. <laughs> oh my! Gosh. It's Everton's left back. He has supplied more crosses than anyone else in the Premier League by a oh, by a significant margin now. Uh, and so, he has created the fourth most big chances of anyone in the Premier League. He's a must-own, isn't he? Luca Digne. Here's one little bit of fantasy advice that we'll have today. A perfect listen. A, 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 a perfect example of how what of what Digne kind of a, a of how own. he's exploded here. In week seven, weeks seven and eight, Jose Holabas was running away with. The number of crosses and corners and everything else. He went from like he was like fourteen ahead of of Karen Trippier, who was in second place in like week seven. Week eight, I think I think he had eighteen crosses. I think that's what I had in my that- notes. Jose Holabas did. Wow. So he had distanced himself from anyone. Luca Dina is now ahead of Jose Holabas in crosses by nineteen. <laughs> No, wow. 
No, I'm wrong. Wow. 21. Wow. He has 21 more crosses than Jose Holabon. The first number was Dave's math. The second number yeah. was right math. Well, right. That was just uh, my, well, that was, I put on my Dave's reading glasses. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it said he has, uh, the stuff that he has done in this, sh- in what it feels like a short amount of time, because he didn't start until like week three. Yeah. I think that's when he first, that's when he first got into the lineup. The fact that he's done that and it has like exploded past Gilfy, he's, he, uh, Look, key passes. He's tenth. Yeah. He's tied with Andros Townsend. He's he's a three behind David Silva for the season. Like the, the big chances created is the one that blows me away though, because he Insane. he has nine big chances created. That's fourth best. It's three behind Eden Hazard. Wow. So that's just to me. He, like I get that Everton's defense is just a shambles and is so fraudulent. Yeah, you're not fr- from you're not transferring him in for his defense. It is what he has done in terms of attacking that's, that's just right. amazing. Wow. That's exactly right. So All right, gentlemen, we're moving right on to uh everyone's favorite game on this particular podcast. Love F- that. FPL Stutter Dud. Oh wow. There's a few uh, few guys I uh came up with. I'd like to know if you think he's a stutter or dud moving forward in FPL. Let's do it. <laughs> you guys ready? <laughs> yeah. Ryan's excited. Leave it in. I All will right. now. Oh, it was a real cough. All right, number one, and this is going to be good. This is going to be really good. Marco Arnautovic. Now, he didn't play the first two matches for West Ham in the festive fixtures, but he came back in game week 20, put up a 2, and then a 13 in game week 21 against Brighton. Moving forward. Is he an FPL stud or dud, Brian? I think for FPL, I hate to say it, I feel like he's closer to a dud. Wow. And I'm only saying that because, look, FPL reminded us that this week, a couple, this day, it was either, t- yeah, it was either yesterday or today. He's when he's been selected, he's accounted for 62% of West Ham's goals. But as at FPL Ghost reminded everyone which we've said repeatedly on this podcast too and we agree with this when he's selected there's a 90% chance he gets injured <laughs> thank you FPL ghost that's true uh, no I said if you like yellowish and orangish triangles then you'll love owning Marco Arnautovic I just feel like this season is a perfect example he's been he's been so good when he plays but every single week it is something and I feel like that alone makes me like he's so close in price to marcus rashford right now interesting so to me that is good analysis that right now That's that good. is a no-brainer all right well, dave and, and, well so brian stole my thunder I, I thought maybe he'd get through that speech without stealing it without you were stealing about it with the rashford sorry, part dave. um no that's my issue i own rashford i think marco i, I think uh, brian we were looking at this earlier marco has a good uh scoring record against Arsenal over the last last multiple games that they've sure. played. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he uh, gives gets, one more good week. Gets one or two. Listen, Arsenal has been more than more than willing to offer up some goals recently. Brian, no, go ahead. Um, so I was just listen, gonna, I, was, I, I want to say stud. Man, I look at the fixtures and he does have some tough ones, but he's a tough player. Like that doesn't. Uh, he's a little bit of flat track bully. That doesn't. Well, but he that has. That's what I was gonna say. He has scored. So West Ham. We we just looked at this before before the podcast. The last two West Ham Arsenal matches, 
uh, West Ham has been outscored seven to two. But guess who's accounted for both West Ham goals? It's true. Right. So, it's so I, I I do look at it and and I look at Arsenal and Liverpool in the next two or four weeks, and then they're at Bournemouth and and at Wolves in this in the two weeks in between. I feel like you know those are fairly tough schedules. Look, Bournemouth's been scored on. They don't scare you, but Wolves can can provide a tough test. I I, I will say dud officially, but man, it, it hurts to say that. It's interesting because Rashford is at a similar price point, but he's also got a similar total score. And I am mainly saying Rashford, saying dud because of the form that Rashford's in, the fixtures that United has in front of them, and I, I he just they got good mojo going. Well, I also like the fact that you if you've got a manager who's trying to game plan around you. Oh, yeah. That increases your chances. We want to feature him, so whatever he does best, we do that exactly. for him. That gives you that, – that, that, you know, you, you hate to say he's going to be a dud on the basis of Rashford being a stud. Agree, and that's why I don't feel good about it, but I am saying dud. Yeah, all right. Bernardo Silva of Manchester City. Now, I want to point out that in that festive fixture dream team, there were no City players. Yeah. No city players. He had to be close. No, because that was when City's collapse happened. He but was Silva was the one player who did well. He had 25 points over the course of that period of 5, 9, 7, and 4. So he was real close to breaking into that. The he top, was close. The four he was the players. only City player who was close. But again, it, it really looks on paper, if you look at fantasy scores, like City was kind of like Bernardo and 10 other guys. Yeah. Like well, we've talked about Pep saying he Brian wanted City to be. said this, he said this for, to start the season because we were wondering how is this how is Bernardo Silva going to factor into things cuz they got all these players and Brian started the season and surprised me when he said it with the the amazing research and interviewing skills that he had when he personally interviewed Pep that did not happen. But anyways, when Pep said, "Hey, I have Bernardo Silva and eleven other players. Ten other, ten players. other players. That's Thank right. you. There goes my math again. That's right. Bottom line is, Bernardo's there. Bernardo's yeah. in the lineup every week. Now, it caveat matter. Yeah, but the caveat is this: City, just in general, is is only going to go up, right? I mean, we have to believe that that's the case. They're only going like the Sterling and Sane. David Silva, Sergio Aguero, Gabriel Jesus, insert a couple of defenders, Ederson. They're only going to score more points moving forward. City, this little dip that they had during the festive fixtures, is going to... They're reversing course. Agree completely. But in the midst of that, is Bernardo Silva still a stud or a dud? Bernardo Silva has had one game this year where he in 21 that he did not play. And when he came on as a sub, the other 19, he has started. Okay. I think if City is on the upward trend, and I think we would all agree that they probably are, I would give me a piece of Bernardo Silva at a 7.5. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting Bernardo Silva at a 7.5. Yeah. You're looking yeah. at like 11 no, points I, per pound. Because of that price and, and his role in the City lineup. I say stud. Yeah, it's amazing that he hasn't fluctuated a ton. I owned him to start the season on the grounds of him being the the essential uh, in this start in the city starting eleven. But I agree, stud. I just think the difficulty with him is kind of depending on how you shake out your your city choice. That's right. 
And so, but why not prioritize Silva at that price point? I know it's that's that's the hard thing is just knowing that he. I guess it's his knowing his overall attacking involvement, and so I say that, and at the same time, I know he is thirteenth in the league in key passes. He has six big chances created, which is but still puts him in the top twenty, and then you think like, well, but he's not been that involved in goals and assists and stuff, and it's like, well, now actually he has five assists. Uh, six assists for the season. He has five goals on the season. It's like he's been amazing. It makes sense that he's 13th mm-hmm. for FPL scoring. It is informed. It's impossible to say that he's anything. he's been anything but a stud and so important for them. Um, Yeah, it's the kind of guy that you... I think he's there's, there's that handful of guys at the end of the season you're like, why didn't I own that guy? Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's and he's definitely point. one of those guys that you're going to look at it and say like, oh man, he was actually really good all season long. And I never owned him. I know. Yeah, I'm going to go from the top of the table or near the top to near the bottom. Fulham. Now, I know it's Fulham, but Ryan Sessegnon is a youngster that a lot of people, especially if you're British by birth, are excited about. And in the last three matches, he scored seven, four, and five. With Claudio Ranieri as his manager right now, is he an FPL stud or a dud? Um, I feel like his youth makes him a stud, but I just don't trust it. You're not going to go to him, right? Like you're not going to no. actually bring him into your lineup. No. There's always going to be someone else. Like he is that movie that you never get around to watching because there's always another movie you'd rather watch more even though like you know that movie there's always that movie that's second choice every week every week and you never get around to watching it or that book that you never read like or that tv show like there's always the second choice i mean i feel like that's ryan sesame on right now and until he forces his way into being first choice which is not going to happen in the near future you're not going to bring him into your lineup yeah, you know, he mo- score some points. You know, a movie I haven't, I don't, I can't say definitively that I, I've seen, and maybe I probably have seen it, but it's one of those that I would put on the list as Mary Poppins. <laughs> we just established that the other day, Dave. So yeah. Ryan Sessignon is the Mary as Poppins. My wife, Mary, yes, I as think my wife I, was was claiming that you and your wife were criminally. I know uh, it's like a negligence of some kind. She was about to call yeah. CPS on that's us. Is that uh, is that true. a thing everyone has? No. Listen, uh, we should just elaborate. That's child protective services. Ryan Sessignon. Basically, she was threatening to have your children taken away from you I because think you of, haven't shown them. When I pockets. think of Ryan Sessignon, I think of Julie Andrews. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I think that Ryan Sessignon is is excellent. I think he's an excellent player. I think everybody agrees about that. I just think was Julie Andrews Mary Poppins. Yes. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I just think it's because I just think because he's six pounds. I just think it's because of that dollar amount. You know, if you're trying to save money, you're probably not having him. And so Ryan Frazier being six point one. I know. Ryan Ryan Frazier blows up everything. I wish this podcast was about how amazing Ryan Frazier well, is. Well, he's in the top five transfers in again. Yeah. And as as well he should be. Yeah. I, I wish we could just go through Ryan well, Fraser. Well, you guys were a little Ryan on the numbers. fence about him in last week's podcast. I continue in my wild card. I held him. Ryan I, Fraser. I was I was this close, and I held. And despite doing what Dave would have probably uh, would have advised against and lost money on him, 
the insane people who decided to sell him, yeah. uh, especially going into last week. He's been great. I only kept three or four guys when I wild-carded, but Ryan Frazier was one of them. But Scott, that's, the point is that Ryan Sessegnon, it, it's difficult to justify him when you have for point one more right now, Ryan Frazier. I say, I say dud. Okay. Uh, James MacArthur, Sully March, Theo Walcott, no. David Brooks. You wouldn't. Aaron Townsend, Abdullah Decore. You mean Andros? Andro, What's with you? Andros. You called him Andros Gunn, and now Aaron Townsend. Hey, you know what? Larceny <laughs> sponsor of the pod. Names hey, are flexible. Luka Milivojevic. All those names are uh, synonymous with the fact that they are scoring higher than Ryan Sessegnon. You would never own Theo Walcott. Ever sure, but I he, would take a chance on Theo of on Sessignon over Theo Walcott. You do that, you sure? Okay, so so this far in the season, Walcott's outscored him by ten points. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. are we about to have a Brian and Dave bet? I would never, ever go to Walcott over Sessignon. I don't like just on the roll of the dice on Sessignon. Sure, I get it. I completely. Get All right, it. fine. For a uh, what I'm for a is, for a quarter pounder with cheese, no ketchup, <laughs> add bacon. I'll take Sully March. You want to no. take, take Sully March? No, I like Decent Sully March, and also Sully March is way cheaper. That it, Sully March is a bargain. Sure, and so is David Brooks. I, David I, Brooks, yes, a hundred percent would have David Brooks over sure. over Sessignon. Exactly, that's my okay. point. Guys, way cheaper, better. That's why he's a dud. Move on. Right. Thank you. We were on the Man, verge. I wanted a quarter pounder. We were on the verge of our first Brian and Dave bet. <laughs> All right. Uh, my next name is someone Dave just mentioned. Last year, I won our mini league largely because I had a Luka rule. Luka Milivojevic. Luka Milivojevic. Dumbest, dumbest rule of all time. The Luka stop, rule. Stop calling I put Luka Milivojevic in the first spot of my bench. Stupidest thing I've Week ever. after yeah. week. And every week he got transferred in on the week's Put a penalty kick goal into the net. So dumb. Yeah, as lucky as I was last year, I am that unlucky this year. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram to find out why. Luca, though, a 10, 3, 2, and a 7. He has 85 overall points. Is he a stud or a dud? Scott, you said it not too many weeks ago that if uh, if Wilfred Zaha is going to get start to get taken down in the penalty area more frequently uh, than he had at the start of the season, then it's then it might be back to last season's Luka Milivojevic, and maybe that's what you're seeing here. He did have that one laser against uh, somebody a few weeks ago. I can't remember who that was. So he did score one natural goal. No, Luka's a stud. Yeah, I, I, I think Luka's a stud. I agree. It's 6.1, 85 total points in the season. I absolutely agree. Luca should probably be somewhere in your lineup. If you don't like a David Brooks, I would rather own Luca than, than Snodgrass at the moment. And I was, I'm was i a Snodgrass owner, but he'll be leaving very soon. We're talking about guys like Bernardo in the midfield, Luca now at the midfield at a lower price point. These are guys who scored 12 points per pound. These are types of guys you need to find That's right. if you're going to own Salah and Kane and That's or right. Salah and Hazard. you got to find these guys to make the proper plays to give a competitive team. And at this point, if they're at uh, 10 to 12 points per pound, they're worth owning. No doubt. All right. All right. I want to just give a collective group here to end our game. 
And that's that there's a couple of Burnley midfielders and a couple of Burnley forwards who have put up decent fantasy points over the last two matches, which are matches that Burnley won. We should just stop this segment right now. It's going to be pure crap. Really? Dud for you? Uh, Burnley is still a dud, just regardless. No, there's one thing that's making things weird for me to call it a dud. What's that? Freaking Tom Heaton. Seeing Tom Heaton's name back in the lineup That's true. gives me flashbacks and makes me think, ooh, this is the old Burnley. So I don't know what to say about that. But it is weird. The second he shows back up in the lineup, they start getting results. What's that about? If in you- a segment we like to call, what's that about? <laughs> it's about Joe Hart being I off like the that. pitch. That's true. I wonder if that doesn't solidify their... Uh, I wonder if that doesn't help the mentality, you know what I mean? And if you're going to own Burnley people, and you if you haven't yet and you're thinking about doing it, I suppose that now is as good of a time as any. Uh, they do have a run here of matches where you'd say, okay, those guys are decently playable. Just, I mean, looking at it now, like James Tarkowski, Ben Me, all those, like the, the standard folks from... From Burnley, I, I the guys, the attacking guys are the ones that are gonna they're gonna pop up the rest of the year and Chris drive you Woods crazy. Chris him. Wood, Ashley, Scott, Barnes. who are your names? You never did tell us your names, by the way. Well, Chris Wood did put up fourteen over the last two weeks. Ashley Barnes, he scored a total of twenty over the festive fixtures. Yeah. Uh, Ashley Westwood's put two eights up back to back, and then this young kid who's come on, Dwight McNeil. Like, yeah, he's yeah, only got true. 15 overall points, but eight and five in the last two weeks. He's come on and he's done well. Who in the hell is Dwight McNeil? <laughs> <laughs> you should know if you're going to be a co host on a fantasy soccer Good podcast, question, Dave. Dave. Who in the hell is Dwight McNeil? Look, uh, Ashley Barnes, I, like, he, we did not add uh, Barnes. I guess we easily could have thrown him into the uh, the enabler category. Uh, at 5.6. I mean, like, I mean, it's not a bad total. 5.6 is good. I think, I just think, look at the minutes. And, the, you know, recently it's been great, but they have three guys who are capable, and they are all three going to play sometime. So I don't trust any of them. If I needed, if I needed, needed the money, it would be Kamara to make up the most possible money. But even then, I don't know. I mean, I think the the Kamara question is all about what Claudio Ranieri thinks of him. I agree. Completely. I just feel like that's. I just feel like Danny Ings is the same. You know, I feel like you know what you're going to get with that, and that is either an injury or a or a rest, so or a goal. <laughs> so roll the dice. All right. Well, that ends this edition of Stutter Dud. Not sure that was helpful to anybody, but we went through it. Wait, did, can I get Dave's final verdict on Tom Heaton, whether he's a stud or a dud? So he's had a he's had a one, and he's had a nine. Okay, in his not in that order. In his two games, <laughs> right. not in that order. What makes me a little hesitant about Heaton is the fact that what's his price? He's a four point eight. Yep, and so that is concerning to me i look at their fixtures and their fixtures are like eh, they're pretty good look that they, they have a home match to fulham next i like that it is weird though that all of a sudden burnley the second heaton shows up 
It's like all the players started playing. He's an better. international level goalkeeper. I understand that, but it wasn't like the fact that he's making all these crazy saves and keeping them in the game. It's all of a sudden that sometimes the, it's the, not what it's the about. Form. It's about the organization form of the players on the pitch. What was is Burnley? Better. What was Burnley known for last season when they finished seventh? The 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 fortress that's called Turf Moor. Exactly, and what is that fortress built on? Tom Heaton and <laughs> no, Nick. No, it was Nick Pope. And Nick yeah. Pope. But specifically, defense is yes. the answer I'm looking for. Agree completely. If Tom Heaton can organize a defense, Burnley suddenly has much higher prospects moving forward. Yeah. I'm Listen, I'm, there's no doubt. Uh, I will probably wild card in the next three or four weeks or such. Yeah, James Tarkowski and Ben Mee will be on my radar. Very good. But Thank none of those did. attacking options. No. All Hell, right. Hell no. All right. Well, let's end our show by previewing briefly Game Week 22 coming up. Uh, the weekend's going to begin with West Ham hosting Arsenal. Arsenal have got a long way to travel for that one. Come on, you gunners! Liverpool will travel to Brighton. It'll be interesting to see if they can rebound after their first loss of the season. Two losses on the spin. Well, the FA Cup doesn't count. Whatever. Got a couple of... <laughs> is there such thing as a relegation... Loss six, is a loss. Is there such thing as a relegation six-pointer in game week 22? If there is, Burnley, Fulham, and Cardiff, Huddersfield, yeah, the bill. There's some intensity in those I matches. I agree. I like that. I think you got a potential high score in Crystal Palace, Watford. That's an interesting call, Scott. And then uh, Leicester, Southampton. That you know, could be interesting. Saturday will end with Chelsea hosting Newcastle. And I think... Is that at Newcastle? It's no. not. But I think Newcastle might be tougher than people will. Might be a Rondon 85th minute goal. Maybe there you go. Ah! I like it. Sunday is going to be a blast. Everton Bournemouth never has less than that, four goals. That could in be 5-5. Okay. Well said. Agreed. Play everyone and don't <laughs> accept. Play everyone except Begovic and, and Pickford. Pickford. Yeah, Anybody even else is fair Even Dina. He'll get a free kick oh, goal. Play oh, my goodness. I, yeah, I am putting him in. Luca Dina, that is. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Spurs United is just a tasty top six matchup, especially with the four Uniteds now in. And that Spurs is in. That game's a lot more interesting now. It I'm is. Really looking forward to that. And then we do have a Monday matchup this uh, coming game week. City will host Wolves. Uh, considering that Wolves drew at yeah, home against City, game. this is going to be a blowout. I'm predicting that right now. Absolutely. I probably would agree with Scott, and I hate agreeing with Scott. I, I do agree. City, City might have their way with them. Can I ask one question to end the podcast that's a, that's a pure strategy question? Yes. How, how do you, what order would you put the big, the big names in, in terms of priority? Kane, Aubameyang, Salah, Sterling, Hazard. I would go. Well, well, wait a minute for the for the next game match week. I'm talking about starting next match week into the foreseeable future. Salah one, Kane two. This is this is second half of the season now. Yes, it's it's Salah and Kane time. Uh, I think that they've got the history. You know, last season it was. The, they, I mean, Kane's a second half season guy anyway. He's proven that for multiple years. So I I, I like Salah one for the form that he's in. I like Kane too. Uh, after that, it gets tricky. I th I want to think of Bobby Yang three. Wow. And I I don't want him to get to thirty goals because then I'd lose my bet with Dave. But I think he'll put up some goals. 
He's a scorer. And uh, I'm going to go Sterling 4, Hazard 5, just on the basis of City being better than Chelsea and Sterling hopefully having more opportunities than Hazard. Mm. I would say in no particular order with the first three. No, 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 no. This has got to be in order. That's what he asked for. Don't be a Brian. Yeah. Don't be like me. <sighs> he even said it. I think I'm going to go with, with six players. All right. Oh, boy. And you want them in order? I want I them sure in do. your priority. I hate myself. You're on the record. Now this is just this is scoring potential and price factored in. Uh-huh. Pogba? Number one? Pogba number one. His price. Scott, he's at eight point two or something. I, I'm, t- I'm Okay, saying, okay, I, but he I, hasn't I, actually played anybody yet. I agree. I agree that Pogba's important. I'm asking about because the priority is how are you going to get these the those five guys that I named are all, all right, really all right, expensive, all right. and you have to pick a couple of them right, or all right. more. All right, fine. So how do you prioritize? Hazard one. Wow. What? Why? Listen, I've been known to make a lot of bad decisions. Okay. No, I. I'm, that's all right. Be bold, Dave. I might actually catch you then. Sterling two. Wow. Why? Uh, Kane, three. Sterling over Kane? Aubameyang, four. So, of course, Salah's last. Of course, Salah's last. <laughs> Don't, listeners, <laughs> listeners, know I, that Dave has an anti-Salah bias. This is ridiculous. Erickson, five. <laughs> Brian, I'm done. Sal- no, Sal- I was just Sal- curious because I, I, like I feel like that's a really important question. All right, Dave, you want to make a bet that between now and the end of the season, Salah will score more than Erickson? You want to bet Erickson will score more than Salah? I'll place that bet right now from, from, without from doubt, here, without hesitation. The rest of the season? Absolutely. They're starting at zero now, 22 to 38. You think Erickson's going to score more than Salah? Come on, make the bet. You just put him ahead of Salah. I, I, want, I want some points. <laughs> Uh, I think he's within ten points, and, and and so so here's the difference, right? You're you're based it off a of price. That's correct. So I feel like I'm getting more for my nine point two that Eric. Do you is. own Salah right now? No, I don't. Interesting. So I think I'm gonna get more. I like I think he'll be close enough that no, I don't think he'll outscore him. So I'm not gonna take that bet. But if you said if you said hey, he's not gonna be within twelve points. Wait, now it's twelve. Well, I just whatever. I'm trying to shade it more and more. Uh huh. But, but I think you see my point, though. I think that for me would be that would be the, the so Salah's off your Salah's out of your top five just on the basis He's out of, his of top price. six. He's out of his top seven. Well, look, we've discussed this before, and, and we need to move on. Yeah, I'm not trying to drag this no podcast on. I'm just asking because this, this is ever. important for strategy from from this moment to my, the end of the season. My strategy going forward is this: I feel like I can. Even though I am not denying Salah's greatness scoring-wise at the moment, okay? He's been fantastic. My feeling is that when he does bad and or just doesn't score, because that will happen every once in a while probably, that that I will be okay because my money will be spent in other places. And like, in other words, like if I could either own Salah and then... If I could own Salah and Hoybier, who we left off of our enabler uh, pod last week, which that was an oversight, but it was mostly because he had a red and he's suspended for a while. Correct. Go continue. No, no, you, if, you were right I, to leave him off. Right. Period. If okay. I could own like 
in my opinion. Salah and because here, here's the deal. Because I've done this, I've tried this, I've screenshotted it. If I want to add Salah to my team, I have to make it really weak in multiple other positions. And I like the strength that I have in other positions. So, in other words, do I do I want Salah and Hoybier or Pogba and Eriksson? I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking at because when you're looking at the okay. prices. Sure. So, I just want to I want to take your bet of Salah will score more than 10 points more and than Eriksson for the rest of the season. Way. I want to take that bet. 10 or less is yours. 10 or less is I'll mine. I'll give you 10 that's or right, less. That's right. That's right. Okay. So, if Salah's got to score 11 more points that's than Eriksson for me to win this from bet. Now we, from game week now to end season. Can I tell game you what week 22. Game week 22. Yep. Game week 22 to 38. Yeah. Can I tell you what their overall points are right now? Have you forgotten? Uh, I, I don't know, but I know Erickson didn't play a lot during the beginning yeah, of the season. it's true. Uh, Salah's at 151, Erickson's at 81. What we should do is, if we were smart, and if I would have been smart before I made the bet, is actually do the averages per games they played and or average per minutes, points per minutes, to actually see if it was a bet worth making. Well, but I did not, therefore we'll just chalk it up I to mean, Erickson missed stupid. Erickson missed, you know... Three of the first four matches, which you know is when Salo is probably in his lowest form. So anyway, hey, I feel great. I'm excited. Another bet. One of these days in the near future, we need to do a, a pod where we talk about the bets that are out there um, since between week, you and I and where we stand with those. So honestly, far. I feel like since week thirteen, I feel like uh, I feel like Sala Sala's numbers and Erickson's numbers have got to be. Decently close. That's something you can look at, Dave. Well, it'll uh, make it a good bet, won't it? I hope so. <laughs> All right, that's the end. We've made it to the end. You Once want, again, do you guys want to give a captain? My uh, Mo cap- Salah. He's in my lineup yeah. now. I'm captaining him. He's at Brighton. I think Salah's an easy one. If you own him, sure, because you want to make yourself feel good. If uh, you know, you're like, well, I've invested this much money in him. I might as well captain him. Yeah. I get it. No, but sure, this week it's a great it's a great matchup. After they got embarrassed at City, sure, Liverpool wants to go to take out their frustrations on Brighton. Which is not easy. No, at sure. Brighton, we've said a lot, is not it, if weird, you're gonna play weirdly, Brighton, you don't want to play them at Brighton. But so, how unsurprising would it be if Salah puts it a brace? No, if they no, if they win four now, it won't be. Listen, if there's one thing that I saw, one statistic that sticks out in my mind over this festive fixture list is the fact that Salah seems to be quite the flat-track bully. And against the, the top six teams, he has one goal in his last seven games. Sure. So I, he probably relishes the fact that he's playing Brighton and all the other flat tracks that are coming up. So it wouldn't surprise me if he does well. My vice captain will be Aubameyang at West Ham. I don't like both my captain and my vice captain being away, but honestly, both those guys against those opponents have the opportunity to put in goals. I am going with Captain Hazard and Vice Captain Robertson. Why defender? Because they're playing Brighton, and Brighton sucks. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, look. So, so United. I have two United. But you're, you know, you're not going to get more well, than six or Scott, eight. Scott, I currently have from Robertson. But but I'm times okay. two. I'm okay with that. With Salah, there's no ceiling. I have uh, Pogba in Rashford. And Erickson and Kane. So I'm not expecting a great week. I don't know how that game's going to go. That's a good So I, I don't know what to do about that. Honestly, I pro- honestly, I probably should go vice-captain Kane because if anything, that game might have goals in it. I don't necessarily trust the United defense. It's not like 
is is Phil Jones starting for Manchester no. United? You know what? I'm I'm <laughs> to making that change. Yes, probably. Uh, Harry Kane will be my vice, and uh, Hazard will be my. Do captain. you know what you need particularly? Because all those guys that you have, you need an early goal. Yes. Because if you get an early Agreed. goal, then it opens. I up. want a four-four game. <laughs> well, sure, not gonna happen. Well. Especially as an Arsenal fan, I want to draw. <laughs> well, that could happen. I don't want either team getting the full three. The longer it stays nil-nil, the worse it is for you. Brian? If I had Salah, I would. I think he's the safest I agree. choice this Com- week. I do. I agree. Uh, I'm not scared of Harry Kane as a captain based purely on his form. So out of the players I actually own right now, it will be Harry Kane. If I had Richarlison? No. If I had... They play home to Bournemouth. I know, so, but it's Richarlison. A dark horse for me if you want to be if a differential I had, captain. I sent him out when I, I wild card. If I had Aubameyang, I would captain Aubameyang. You have Lacazette, though. Or do you? Well, someone talk to Unai Emery. I made a phone call to and him. And tell him, like every other Arsenal fan is saying, just play Lacazette for ninety minutes. I made a please. I made a phone call to him. Just play him ninety minutes. He's I do agree it. with Gunnar Soros. Gunnar Soros said play him. Yeah, he told me in a dream. Oh, that's just weird. No, I agree with <laughs> I agree with with Gunnar fans everywhere that Lacazette is is the motor and Lacazette needs to play the minutes. But he's not going to. So I need to figure out what to do with Alexander Lacazette. Scott, where can people find us? Everywhere. FantasySoccerFC.com. That's our website. Fans, at FantasySoccerFC on Twitter. And Facebook and Instagram. Look for us. When you listen to us on iTunes, give us a good rating. Uh, leave a me good A good rating and then whatever comment you want. A great comment. Leave yep. me a good funny comment like Dave's uh, voice is annoying, but I like the content. Even... Sick Scott sounds better than Dave. Batman Scott. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, for the Fancy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time. <laughs>